This is the Future of Work, an original series from Better Product. I'm Megan, here to give you a quick snapshot into our latest installment. But before we jump in, if you want to get connected to other product experts, join our community, betterproduct.community. In this episode, we're talking to Paige Costello, a product pillar lead at Asana. Asana is a SaaS product designed to improve collaboration and work management for teams. Paige began her career in product working for Intuit, the company that created QuickBooks and now actually owns Mint. And I get emails from them all the time about blowing this budget or that budget. Um, That's irrelevant. But the way she got started is not what you'd expect. Intuit came on campus and ran a competition to do research with customers and then pitch a product idea. I did that, won an internship out of it. And at the end of the internship, I shared my idea with the senior staff of (laughs) Intuit, and they offered me a product management role on the spot. Let's listen to the conversation with Paige Costello, beginning with what happened after she left Intuit to join the team at Asana. Asana was in that stage where it's a scaling growth company in that hyper growth stage, pre-IPO, growing more product offices, and re-evaluating what the big product investments need to be to really win the category in work management. At this time, we were seeing a lot of new startups hitting the scene, and generally the appetite for work management became more a part of the common conversation with knowledge workers and teams. So I would say that it was that 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 speedy pre-IPO, let's create uh, certainty and stability and what are our product plans, who are our teams, and how do we work? In 2019, you talked about work management getting more. What was Asana's role in actually defining the category of work management? Or is that something that was out there and you just said, hey, we need to like really own this? It's been a part of our DNA. I think when Dustin... And Justin (laughs) co-founded the company. The thinking was, wow, we're working at Facebook. We're working with engineering teams. And it's a total nightmare to get people to work together effectively. So they built some internal tool at Facebook called Tasks. And they realized that people loved it because it made it really clear who was accountable. So who's doing what by when. And they loved that people in other departments could see that and collaborate and work through this structured mechanism. And what was important was the the data model effectively that supported that so that if one person updated a date, it would show up in another person's project and you can have the same unit of work or task in multiple places. And so they made the leap and they said, we could do this for Facebook or we could do this for the world's knowledge workers. And that was so much more exciting and clearly a huge opportunity. And so they went to go make that happen. Now, building a company takes a while. You really have to be in it for the long haul. And we had some hot years where we were a sexy startup and then a couple years where we were just doing performance and a rewrite. And then we were back at it. But the defining the category has been the road we started on. I would say the way you do this is focusing on the biggest, most frequent customer problem you can find. Work management as a category makes total sense. But then like you're overseeing product and you talk to customers that are doing a particular type of work management. So there's a lot of tools that are geared towards engineering work management. So use cases, user stories, dev tasks, QA tasks. But Asana really seemed to understand that there's different types of work for different types of teams. 
So how do you take that broad category and actually run it through a filter without creating like 17 different products? I think it starts with just understanding the problem we we're solving. And so if you think about any team, like whether it's an engineering team, a legal team, a marketing team, everyone has their content, their like Google Docs, their spreadsheets. They've got their communication, Slack, email, meetings. And then they've got some way they're trying to facilitate coordination. And that's where we land is in this like coordination layer. And what's interesting in how people are trying to solve coordination. Like when you talk about a vertical specific tool for engineers like Jira, it's hard to create a clear picture of progress across multiple functions when it's really one group's tool. And then you've got other like more generic tools, like just using an old fashioned spreadsheet. And that's fine day one, but it's hard to keep up to date and it doesn't scale well across teams. Everyone has a different view that they'd prefer or a different way they'd like to report on it. So it doesn't scale super well. And then you've got old school project management software, which is hard to adopt and creates people whose job it is to track dependencies and risks and use this hard to use project management software. So Asana looked at this coordination job and said, let's create that cross-functional, not siloed approach to an always accurate picture of who's doing what by when. And that's what we've been doing since we started the company. Okay, so you had the work management trends and then 2020 happens and we're not gonna talk about how miserable it was. We're gonna, we're gonna look forward. We're gonna talk about the, the future. And for you, the, the term that's really taken off a lot, I hear about all the time is the future of work. So 2019, you had one vision, but I'm, I'm guessing that after 2020, you probably had to reimagine a little bit. So I'd love to understand maybe what's changed or if I have that wrong, or is everything back on track to what you had pre-2020 or do you have a new vision for the future of work? We actually didn't have to adjust our vision very much because what Asana felt strongly about was enabling unstructured to structured work. So if you think about a meeting, you've probably been in an amazing brainstorm where you had several action items and then two weeks later, no one can remember what they were, who's, who was supposed to do them, when they were supposed to do them. And you're like, darn it, that was almost great. <laughs> so Asana helping with the experience of how do you work together and how do you make a plan and how do you set goals and mark progress against that without it being core job that you're thinking about is something that we just have continued to do. I would say internally, the experience of what has changed since the pandemic is actually just leaning even harder into our use of Asana, which is hard to do given that we don't even use email. It's even more asynchronous work, more pre-reads. We're really conscientious of recording a, a screen share video and saying, hey, went through this flow, here's what we're thinking, any thoughts, and doing that in a task so that people can do it when they have energy, respond to it thoughtfully, and it's all in one place and interconnected. So I would say that our vision and our, our focus on helping organizations, teams, and individuals has not shifted. That's interesting. I have to break and 
So wait a second. You just said you don't use email like at all? Nope. <laughs> so you have an email address. It's like externally. So you have an Asana email address. It's so I can chat with people like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like for the external. But now I just don't feel cool. Wow, I used email. She probably thinks I'm so old fashioned. So <laughs> I haven't been at a large software company in seven years. I, I guess I'm not surprised by it, but that's all I know. My first job, we actually had to go take a day long training in how to use uh, Microsoft Outlook effectively. By the way, it was a great class and I learned a lot, but like that's, that was how email was. So are you guys just using Asana and Slack basically? Yeah, we do. Slack is just for saying happy Friday and checking in on this task and linking to a task polite nudges. But really, Asana is where we assign to the person who's responsible for it. And what's lovely about that is it never gets lost and it never gets buried and people can easily prioritize their work. Unlike email where your unread and starred methodology can only take you so far. So effectively, anything that's assigned to you shows up in this zone called my tasks and you can rearrange it and date it. And you can always set a new due date or say, I'm actually not the right person for this, but this person is. And you can create like people who follow that task, which effectively, instead of being on email and saying, reply all plus Jennifer, <laughs> you can just quietly add people to a conversation without creating work disruptions or distractions. So it really helps us stay on top of stuff and create transparency and alignment. So looking forward, so you didn't shift a lot of how you saw work, but I think implied in that, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, is a bet towards what the future of work is. Because a lot of the product leaders I'm talking to, even now, there's a fair amount of uncertainty about like what of this is going to stick. So a perfect example is just remote hybrid work. Not a day goes by that I don't see another LinkedIn poll of like, how many days a week would you like to work from home? And it's always, spoiler alert, it's always, I want to work all of my days at home. But in reality, when things settle, that will change a little bit. So it's really hard to figure out what's normal. Do you have a sense for where you're placing these bets on what the future of work is? And if so, is it a bet so much as it's a, okay, this is what we think is going to happen. And we're a sauna. We can actually make that future happen. We believe that remote work is going to be more common, but we also recognize that remote work was more of a norm than people realized before. So even before we started working remotely because of a pandemic, there were offices all over the world. And when I worked at Intuit, I would hop on a call at 9 p.m. at night with my team in India. And during the day, I would be with my team in Mountain View. <laughs> and so we had more distributed work than people acknowledged. And if you were one of the people that was on a phone call to HQ, you probably felt that more <laughs> acutely. But I think we're all developing more empathy for what it looks like to run teams and projects all over the world at all hours of the day. And it requires creating more clear prioritization so making sure that people understand like what's first, second, and third for our company this year, what are our priorities as a team, what's our plan, what are the big milestones we're working back from, those have always been important, but I think we're realizing how much we can't depend 
on a quick chat to establish clarity. And people don't want to micromanage and say, hey, are you almost finished with that thing? Or when did you say you'd get that to me? They can just look and say, oh, you're thinking about getting that done on Thursday. Great. I don't even have to talk to you about it. So self-referentially, we were very in-person collaborative at our agency. And then when we had to go remote all last year, I never felt more like a micromanager because I, I didn't realize how much I just relied on being in person, either looking over somebody's shoulder or somebody would just see me and be like, oh, hey, here's where I'm at with that. Once all that went away, I was like constantly checking up on stuff. And I was like, this is miserable. Anyway, different use case, but still part of the reason why we're looking at Asana now, because even as we come back in the office, it is, we have hybrid, we have more people in our New York office and remote. So I can definitely see that. I want to go back to something you said though. You said that for this, it's all about creating clear prioritization for people, which I, that makes total sense. But I want to understand, at least from my experience, creating priorities, especially when you're leading a product team, creates some confidence. It creates, you, you have to have the confidence that what you're doing, because a lot of our early stage product companies, when they're trying to find product market fit are all over the place. They're just like trying everything and like prioritizations really hard because they don't know what to focus on. So as you've evolved with Asana and then coming out of a very uncertain year, how are you actually building the confidence? What are the ways that either you page or you or your team is actually making sure that when we go set our list of priorities, what feeds that? Where does the confidence come from in that? I think it's really important to create as much stability for teams as you possibly can. There's enough challenge in day-to-day work that if you can, as a business, say, here's our mission, and then here are the set of values and ways we work together, and then here are our company objectives for this fiscal year. That alone helps people ladder up their work, their projects and priorities to those things. But the objectives themselves may or may not be do this thing, but more likely they're going to be achieve this outcome, which creates flexibility for teams on how they solve those opportunities and their ability to pivot if something's not working or try something new. And so when I speak about prioritization and purpose for the organization, setting that high level strategy in place and then working through various teams to create their solution to that problem space. I think that's the best way to get the most out of your teams and help them feel engaged and like their work really matters. That's got to have a lot of effect in even maybe how you hire, how, how you build teams. How do you foster that? How do you foster building teams and convey what you just did to your own team to say, hey, I'm going to give you the high level where we're focused on, but you get to determine the how. Well, a few things. We actually shipped a new part of Asana last July, Goals. And it's its own zone where you can work from the company level all the way down to different teams and see how goals ladder up. And you can set your goals there and track progress against them. And what's pretty unique about it is it creates an ability to link goals to the work. So you can actually, when you're looking at a project, remember what is the goal we're trying to achieve with this project? And then if you're looking at a goal, see the projects that ladder up to that goal. So we, of course, 
use goals pretty heavily <laughs> and, and are exploring how to have very outcome-oriented teams and how to create clarity using kind of goal laddering and that flexible structure. And I would say the key there is making sure that you are selecting outcomes that are high integrity for your customers. So truly customer benefit oriented. We're very conscious of what metrics we're selecting and ensuring that they make our customers more successful and that they are correlated with retention and expansion for our business. We don't have any desire to have people log in more, more notifications to their peers or something like that. We really just want to make sure that they're successful in planning and completing their work, which really changes what we're optimizing for. And so I think setting up the outcomes to be durable and customer focused, and then creating a place where you can easily refer to those goals that's connected to the work itself so that you don't have to refer back to an old all hands deck from the beginning of the year. You can just be doing what you're doing on a Monday and click on your project and say, ah, yeah, this is for that purpose. I remember. It's almost like taking that high level purpose that we're all used to from like annual meetings or whatever and, and bringing them down to your daily work so you can constantly see how they're tracking towards that. I don't want to make this about metrics, but I do have to ask, because you just said your goal isn't necessarily to check how often people log in. That's not sacrilegious, but that's at least against the grain enough that I have to understand. So what's an example of a better metric you all look at to, to help you tell whether a customer is succeeding? I think it's important to note what a business derives value. And Asana derives value when people see value in the tool for goal setting, work tracking and setting plans and getting work done with their teams. So we wanna make sure that whatever we're optimizing for, they choose to expand, invite more teammates, have more of their work captured in Asana. And so that's, I guess the way I think about it is we wanna make sure that we're not just driving daily active use. We wanna make sure that is driving some more some greater purpose for their teams. For example, thinking about when people enter work in Asana, do they finish it is much more interesting because it accrues benefits to more than one person on the team. So for example, we talked a little bit about project management tools of the past being very team lead or project manager centric. We don't want Asana to be one person's job. Getting work done is a team sport. And in executing your work, we want you to just check it off yourself. And we want you to update the due date yourself. We don't want one person to come in, fill out a project plan, and then use it only to run meetings and check things off. We really want it to be an active ecosystem where the entire team plays together to move work along. And so we're looking at the metrics that work tracking that is dynamic and then helps team leads and directors and executives see progress against work without having to lean into the details. The mission is help humanity thrive by enabling the world's teams to work together effortlessly. And when I heard that, it was whew, big, grandiose, but I think it's so real because if anyone who's held a job for a long time knows that you spend more time with your work than with your significant other, 
And if work's going well, life's going well. And so if we can help people feel successful at work, focus on what matters and feel connected to why they're doing it, help teams get things done more efficiently with less pain, fewer status meetings, fewer emails. That's a pretty big opportunity to tackle to help humanity thrive, really. I wonder too, even referring to myself or thinking about the market, like it's worth restating for even our audience. Asana, you're a leader now. You're not the scrappy upstart that's like trying to get your name well known. And I, I wonder how that's changed the way that you approach even category definition or controlling the category. Or I think in my mind, I imagine there's got to be a huge difference between maybe years ago when you're, when you see a future, like when Dustin sees some large future ahead, the problem always is the market doesn't see that. And so you have to spend a lot of time like translating that like far off vision for people. And so I'm imagining a lot of people like myself included caught up closer to that vision over the past year. And I'm just wondering, does that have any effect on the way that you treat product where maybe you shift from like conveying what this looks like and saying, Hey, you can do work like this to, Hey, you know how all this stuff is like a pain. Yep. I totally do. Okay. Let me show you what this, what, how this helps. You know what I mean? I, I wonder, is there any shift in the way that you almost describe it based on what's happened? We just shipped this thing called nested portfolios, which enables you to put clusters of work within clusters of work and roll up these consistent views of progress. And within a few weeks of shipping it, almost everyone who could use portfolios had made a nested portfolio. And the pace of adoption of features has told us that we're on the right track and what people struggle with is more universal than we think. And so I would say that there is less market education needed right now. Right now, it's about ease of adoption and really making sure that multiplayer mode is innate and people join and are looking at it and going, oh yeah, this is the right tool for me and my team. Let's make this happen. I want to hear about a product that you love. What a great question. I meditate with Calm every night. <laughs> I meditate with Chorus to reset. And so chorus meditation is meditation, like breathing set to music, which really turns down the volume on the buzzing background thoughts. And so I use chorus for that. And then I just do a 10 minute meditation every night. What's the scope of the music that you can use? Like any music or is like have set music you meditate? Oh yeah. They basically DJ the meditation for you. And so you join a course meditation and they walk you through it. So you don't even have to think. And they just, it's pretty amazing. If you haven't given it a shot, I highly recommend it. It's very unusual. And so people who maybe want to try meditation, but are not so sure about how to get there, it helps enormously to breathe to a beat and you can feel the physical sensations of having meditated much more quickly. Thanks for joining us as we kick off our latest series. And if you haven't yet, be sure to join the Better Product Community. We've got all sorts of content and resources for you. And if you want more audio, don't forget the Business of Product is our latest show to join the Better Product Network. And you can find that and more at betterproduct.community.